Today we conclude our sermon series, It's Still the Church. This will be the, the 15th message. This will be the, the final message as we have looked at Jesus' messages, Jesus' instructions to these seven actual historical churches and really to all churches, and that includes us today as well. These seven messages as recorded here in the book of Revelation. This week, one morning, I had a little time, and so, so I turned on the news, and I, and I flipped around between a couple of different networks, and I watched the news. If you do that, really you will see before your eyes the reality of our world. And it doesn't take very long. You can watch CNN, you can watch Fox News, you can watch ABC. It doesn't take very long to see in any of these news networks the reality of our world. Friends, our world is broken. Our world is broken. Our world is messed up. Our world today is vile. It is divisive. It is angry. Our world is prideful. It is selfish. Our, our world today, and you walk, watch across these networks, our world today is hurting. And maybe that's why it's so nasty today, but our world is, is hurting. And as I, as I watch these news networks, uh, for, just, for just a few minutes, uh, I start to get pulled into that. And really, honestly, I start to get a little bit mad. And I watch this, and I, I can't understand that, and that makes absolutely no sense. And I, I start to get sucked into that. And then I thought, you know the problem in all of this, in all of this, you know the problem in all of this? It is sin. That's, that's the bottom line. That is it. it. Straight up, the problem in all of this, it is sin. The problem in all of these issues is sin. The problem of all of these people is sin. It is a turning against God. It is a rebelling against God. It is living like there is no God. And so as I watch these news networks, I sit there for a second and I understand, you know, the problem, it is sin. And as I see that that morning, friend, I start to get excited because I know the answer for sin. It is not the implementation of constitutional law. It is not the making of new laws. It's not the enforcing of old laws. It is not the Supreme Court and who gets on it. It is not the return to civility or, or embracing tolerance. The answer is not a, a more or better education. The answer is not more or, or different programs. It is not the promotion of my cause and the, the discrediting of your cause. It's not the building of the wall or the not building of a wall. It's not reform, not welfare reform, not immigration reform, not any other type of reform. Friend, the answer for sin is Jesus. Here's the good news. We have the answer. We have the answer. I think sometimes we forget that. Listen, we have the answer. When you see all these troubles, the problem is sin. The good news is Jesus. We have the answer. Listen, it's all right to smile this morning. It's okay to laugh this morning. It's all right to clap this morning. We have the answer in Jesus. Friends, let me sum up this sermon series. 15 messages, and let me sum it up like this. Our world needs Jesus. And our world will find and know Jesus in the word of God. That is the means. They will find and they will know Jesus 
in the word of God. And the church, by upholding the word of God, is the beacon to Jesus. Now, let me say that again. That's a very important thing. This, this whole sermon series sums up as this. Our world needs Jesus, and our world will find and know Jesus in the word of God. And the church, by upholding the word of God, is the beacon, is the guidepost to Jesus. And today, if people aren't finding Jesus, today, if people are not hearing the word of God, the problem is not with Jesus. Sometimes we think we have to go and recreate Jesus. The problem's not with Jesus. The problem's not with the word of God. We don't have to go and, and repackage the word of God. The problem is with the church. Our job is to uphold the word of God and by doing so, lead people to Jesus Christ. Listen, our job as the church is to uphold the word of God and by doing so, lead people to Jesus Christ. Folks, be sure, the world needs a properly functioning church today. Folks, be sure, there's never been a more important time for the church of Jesus Christ to stand as the church. And 15 messages in, the truth of the word of God is this. It is still the church. It is still the church. God's plan, it is still the church. That's convicting, isn't it? That's compelling. That's propelling, isn't it? God's plan is still the church. We have good news. We have the answer for sin. It is the church. That is to proclaim that good news. I want to tell you that is exciting today because we are the church. Today our message is entitled, Jesus Has Spoken. Jesus Has Spoken. I'm going to read the very first words of Jesus and then the last words of Jesus in this section of messages that we've looked across. Revelation chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 9 through 19 and then jump into chapter 3, verse 22. Revelation chapter 1, verses 9 through 19, and then chapter 3, verse 22. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence and the celebration of the reading of the Word of God. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet, saying, write in a book what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe that reached to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white, like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, when it has been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. 
and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Therefore, write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after these. Join to chapter 3, verse 22. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the hope that I have, that we have secure in Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the forgiveness of sin through the work of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the promise of eternal life and eternity in your presence. So I praise the name of Jesus today. I pray as we've gathered as the church that those that, that are here today, that you've brought them for a reason and that, and that you speak to us and that you lead us today and you encourage us today, that you convict us today, that you shape us in the hearing of your word. I pray, Lord, that we would be the church that you've called us to be. I pray that we would take up the cause that you've built us for, that this church would glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for some in this very room this morning that do not know Jesus Christ. I pray that in the great work of the proclamation of the gospel, empowered by Jesus, empowered by the spirit of a, of a living and holy God, I pray that today they hear and they receive the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, move today. Remove the barriers today. Remove anything that would, that would keep us from hearing today, our pride or anything else. Lord, I pray that in this day, in this hour, you are truly glorified. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Through God's word, in these 15 messages, we have seen really some pretty amazing things. And I, I think as we see those things, they're, they're very astounding things, but it's more than just for us to look at, to, for us to glimpse at. These were things that we needed to see. And so as he's speaking to these seven churches, it was, it was right on time for what they needed to see. Well, I believe for us today, as this church, these were some things that we needed to see. Now, some of the things we have seen some very awesome and some very profound pictures of Christ. And I, and I said it every single week. I think maybe the best part was that as Jesus himself described himself, we get this picture of Christ. And I, I said it all the way through. If, if nothing else, if nothing came out of this sermon series, what an awesome thing to see and to behold Jesus as he is. I want to tell you the, the greatest thing that could happen for us, the greatest thing that would propel us to live as he's called us to live would be that we see Jesus Christ. And so how awesome every single week we see this picture of Jesus. As I just read, as he stands and he has a sash across his chest and his feet are as, as burnished bronze. What, a, what an awesome picture. Well, every week we saw Jesus. Now, not only that, we saw the church as Jesus desires it. Now, that's, that's a pretty interesting take here. You see, sometimes we, we have built the church, we have devised the church as we desired. And so, in these messages, we see the church as Jesus desires it, not as, not as we would want it, not as we would plan it, but as Jesus desires it. We saw the church 
is a lampstand. That it, that it exists to illumine with the light of God's word, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, that is our role as the church. That is our purpose. That is our reason for existing. Well, why does the church exist? Jesus tells us. We are a lampstand to illumine with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, it's more than that. We also saw that the church as a lampstand was specifically placed just like somebody would take a lampstand and they would place it specifically in an area to, to light up that area, to illumine that area, the church also is specifically placed to illumine an area. God places his lampstands specifically. More than that, we see that Christ, that Jesus, is intimately involved in his church. Now, that, that's a very awesome thing. Jesus Christ is intimately involved in his church. Now, remember the verses? The Bible says that he holds the, the pastors, the seven pastors in his hand. Now, Jesus is the head of the church, but he leads through his pastors. And what, a, what an awesome picture. He holds the seven pastors. He holds the pastors of the local church in his hand. Then my favorite thing, it says he stands and he walks in the midst of the lampstands. He walks in the midst of the church. Jesus walks in the midst of his churches. Now, do you see how powerful that is? Jesus walks in the midst of his churches. Do you see what a priority the church must be for Jesus himself to walk in the midst of his churches? Friends, understand, this is not some add-on to Christian life. Sometimes people act like, well, I've got my Christian life and then I've got my supplement, the church, and it is an add-on to my Christian life. Listen, this is not some club that you can take it or leave it. Well, they upset me. Well, this happened. Well, whatever. I'm busy all summer long. It's not some club that you can take it and leave it. It is the supernatural, Christ-led, Christ-empowered church. It is his body and it is his plan and Jesus himself walks in the midst of it. What an awesome thing. What a great way to see your church. It's, it's to illumine, it's to share the light. It is specifically placed by Christ and it is empowered by Christ. He walks in the middle of it. Last week, we saw Jesus' promises to those who overcome. We saw that we overcome by faith in Jesus Christ, not of anything that we do. We overcome by faith in him. And for those who overcome, he gives these seven great, really unimaginable, unreal promises. And so last week we looked at the, the seven promises to those who overcome by faith in Jesus Christ. We have seen some tremendous things in these 15 messages. We've seen some, some really unreal things in these 15 messages, things we needed to see. And in the midst of all that, in the midst of all that, we've seen something else that's also very important. And that is that the world at the leading of Satan hates the church. 
Do not be fooled. That, that's, that's the truth of Scripture. The world is opposed to the truth, and so it hates the agents of the truth. It despises the agent of the truth. It despises, it seeks to ravage the agent of the truth, the church of Jesus Christ. Now, listen, in 2018, we need to be very sure of that. The church will never be accepted by the world. Oh, well, we better find a way to get along. Well, we better find a way to be accepted. Listen, the world, the world is never gonna accept the church. The church will never be affirmed by the world. The church will never be celebrated by the world. And I'll just tell you today, if the church is those things, if it is accepted, if it is affirmed, if it is celebrated, it's because they somehow have compromised with the world. All the way through these messages, we see the world is against the church. The world's trying to destroy the church. The world's trying to corrupt the, the message, the gospel of the church. The world is opposed to the church. All that we have seen, and how awesome, all, all that we have seen, su such great truth, such great revelation, all, all that we have seen through these verses, through these messages, all that we have seen, and it comes down to this. So what do we need to do? So what do we need to do? So vital a mission, so important an institution empowered by, by Christ himself. So the question is, is, so what then do we need to do? Four things, and then we conclude. 15 messages, and now four things, and we conclude. What do we need to do? First thing is this, repent, repent. Remember the word repent means to change directions. It, it literally translates a change of mind or a change of heart. As the church, we must repent. As the church, we have to repent. Eight times, Jesus uses this word, repent. As you go through the message, he says, therefore repent and be zealous and repent. Eight times, Jesus issues the call to repent. Be sure and hear me today. As believers, we are called daily, frequently, consistently to repent. That's what we are supposed to do as Christians. We repent of our sin. We repent of our sin. We turn away from the world. We put our eyes on Jesus Christ. We are to be a repentant people as Christians. We are to be a repenting people as Christians. Let me, let me tell you today, a bunch of the problem of the church today is that we are numb to sin. We're okay with sin. A bunch of problem with the church today is we're okay with the world. In fact, I just tell you, we like the things of the world. And listen, the, the, the truth of the whole deal is this. The world can't see any value in the message of the church because it sees no difference in the lives of the church. Oh, listen, we need to hate sin. Do you see what it's done to you? Do you see what it's doing to your home? Do you see what it's doing to your neighbors? Do you see what it did to Jesus? We ought to hate sin, our sin, other sin. Oh, that we would turn away from the sin of this world. Oh, that we would truly repent. 
We need a movement in the church where we repent, where we turn away from sin, we confess it, and we declare what it is. It's wicked, it's death, it's decay, and we turn and put our eyes on Jesus. First thing we need to do is repent. Second thing we need to do is uphold the word of God. Uphold the word of God. Let me ask you something. What makes us different from all other organizations? Man, there's organizations everywhere. There's there's groups everywhere. What makes us different from all other organizations? What makes our truth the truth? Do you know how crazy it is that we say we have the truth and that is a lie? What makes our truth the truth? What makes the message of the church distinctive? Why are we different? Listen, it is because we hold the very word of God. I believe the biggest failing in the modern church today is the neglect of the word of God. You want to know where the church is going wrong today? We could probably make a list, but I believe it all goes back to a neglect of the word of God. The biggest charge against the church today is a failing to uphold the word of God. We are perishing in our lives. We are perishing in our homes. We're perishing in our marriages. We're perishing in our nation because we are failing as the church to uphold the word of God. God, friends, listen to me. This is the platform of the church. This is the message of the church. This is the power of the church. We must uphold the word of God. These seven churches, their biggest threat was that they would compromise the word of God. Their biggest wreck, their biggest problem, they'd compromise the word of God. And the prophet Jezebel comes and makes a home. You know why? They had neglected the word of God. They had taken the, the, the false teaching of the prophet and heir of Balaam. You know why? They had neglected the word of God. Listen today, Calvary Baptist Church. We must, we must, we must uphold the word of God. Let me just tell you right up front. It's not popular. It's not celebrated. It's not tolerant. Let me tell you right up front, it matters not. We must uphold the word of God. First thing we do, we must repent. Second thing, we must uphold the word of God. Third thing that we must do, the third thing we must do is this. We must be Jesus centric. We must be Christ centric. Now what that means is this. Jesus Christ, and I and I mean the truth of Jesus Christ, must be at the center of everything. Jesus must be the center. He must be the focus. He must be the foundation. He must be the first. He must be the finish. Jesus is everything to the life of a believer. Jesus is everything in the life of the church. We must be Jesus-centric. Popular opinion, that's not the center. Worldly ideas, that's not the center. Social causes, that's not the center. Our desires, our wants, that's not the center. 
the traditions of the church. That's not the center. Jesus is the center of the church and we as the church must be Jesus-centric. Here's one of the things that I saw Jesus reveal. We move across that introduction, three weeks. We move across those messages. Here's one of the things that I saw Jesus reveal. He is the first. He actually says in chapter one, he is the alpha. Chapter one, verse 17, he says, I am the first. Chapter two, verse eight, he says he's the first. He is eternal. He is the first. He is before all. Now we also see he is in the center. He is in the midst. He walks, chapter two, amongst the seven lampstands. He is the first. He is eternal. He's also in the midst. He is involved in the church today. He is walking in the midst, in the center of his church. He is the first. He is the middle. He is also the finish. Remember the last verse from last week? And he who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. He gives us himself. Listen, as Christians, we finish with him. Our grand finale as a follower of Jesus Christ is to finish in the presence of Jesus Christ. Now see the truth revealed here. Jesus is before all. Jesus is the start of all. Jesus is in the midst of all. Jesus is the finish of all. The church has to be Jesus-centric. Remember the problem in that first church? It says they lost their first love. Let me tell you today, church, our love for Jesus Christ has to be everything. It, it has to be everything. We ought, to, we ought to wake up in the morning and say, oh, I can't, I can't believe my Savior, Jesus. It has to be everything. It has to outweigh everything. Oh, I see some cost along the way. Oh, but I see my Savior, and Jesus outweighs everything. We must be Jesus-centric. You can go to churches today, and you can visit them in person, you can listen online, and you can hear everything today but Jesus. And you can go to churches today and you can hear psychology, psychiatry applied in mass to the church. You can hear good morality. Well, these are some, some good causes to get behind. You can go to churches today and you can hear self-help. Here's how to be the best you and have the best life. You can hear self-help. You can hear stories and self-promoting testimonies. I go to churches and all you hear is a bunch of stories and a bunch of self-promoting testimonies. You can hear everything in the church today but Jesus Friends, let me just level with you. I don't have many interesting stories and funny stories. Really, my life is pretty boring. But I can't wait to tell you about Jesus. I woke up this morning, I can't wait to tell you about Jesus. I shut this Bible last night when I finished this sermon. I can't wait to tell you about Jesus. Listen, I don't have a story to impress you, but I have a Savior who ought to astound you. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Listen, all other ground is sinking sand. Jesus is the focus, the center of the church. We must be Jesus-centric. 
You can clap, I would, amen. Jesus is the center of the church. Here's the fourth thing. We have to shine the light. Listen very carefully. We have to shine the light. Jesus, in his opening analogy of the lampstand, he gave us the purpose of the church. Listen. As the church, we're to take the good news of God's word. We're to take the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ the light of Jesus, and we are to shine it out so a lost world can see Jesus. Let me tell you, I can debate the politics until the sun comes up and down. We can talk about all the answers we'll never find. Listen, the work of the church is to shine the light of Jesus Christ to announce the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not good living. It's not just living good lives. We've, we've listened to that lie. Listen, it's not just doing church things. It is the speaking out of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the sharing of the good news of Jesus. Very simply, we must proclaim the good news. We must tell others of our hope in Jesus. Any church apart from this, no matter what it is, no matter how its reputation is, no matter what it's doing, oh, have you heard what they're doing? Any church, apart from the proclamation, the telling with their mouth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is failing as a church. We are a lampstand where to shine the light of Jesus Christ. That's why we take up I-4. That's why we come to go out on Monday nights. That's why we share our, our faith with our loved ones, with our coworkers. Any church neglecting to foretell the gospel of Jesus Christ is failing as a church. Look, our world is broken. Our world is broken. Our world is suffering today. Our world is hurting. Our world is lost. And I look around and I watch people as they come by and their, their eyes are broken, their hearts are broken, and their, their marriages are failing. And they say, oh, if I could have just known the truth. And kids have made some decisions. And oh, if they would have just known the truth. And they're, and they're guilty in their own sin and they don't know what to do. And if, oh, if I'd only known the truth and people are hurting, people are, people are suffering. And as bad and terrible as it is now, they're walking numbly. They're marching to an eternity apart from God where their suffering will endure for all eternity. They're numb, they're hurting, they're marching to hell. Church, they need Jesus. And the good news is we have Jesus. I love these messages. I love these words. I love these pictures. I love this picture of the church. I love, I love the illustration. I love the, the church as a lampstand. I love the pictures of Christ. I, I love these messages. I love these truths. But most of all, I love my Savior. And I'm gonna end this series 
with my favorite words from his mouth in these verses. And Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Oh, I love my Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come. We are astounded by the truth of your word. Lord, if we have any sense, we're convicted by the truth of your word. Lord, we come and we, and we hear all these messages on the church and the, the potential of the church and the promise of the church and the need for the church. And yet we see hard times in the church. And so we come today and we repent. Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive us. Forgive me. Forgive us. Lord, help us to take our eyes off the things of this world. Lord, help us not to be numb to sin and the hurt of sin. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lord, we repent. I'm sorry. Lord, I pray for help and I pray for strength and I pray for confidence as we uphold the only word that matters, the, the word of God, the truth of God. Lord, let us teach it to our kids. Let us teach it to our youth. Let us preach it to the church. Let us carry it to the world. Lord, let it not us compromise. Help us to uphold the word of God. Lord, I pray that we'd be Jesus-centric. I, I pray that Jesus will be the center of every song that we sing, every prayer that we pray, every thought that we have, every work that we carry out. That we would be focused upon Jesus Christ. I pray for, for Calvary Baptist Church that you can't get around the membership of the church and not hear about Jesus. Lord, let us be Jesus-centric. Lord, let us share the gospel. Let us share the gospel. Let us set down our pride. Let us set down our, 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 our embarrassment. Let us set down our agenda. Let us share the gospel. Let us understand if we're not sharing it, we're not, we're not the lampstand. And I pray that in the influence of your church, that for the glory of our Savior Jesus, many will find their way home through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us. Lord, encourage us. Lord, I, I pray now for someone here that doesn't know Christ, I pray that today in this service, in this hour, they might put their faith in Jesus. Lord, we give this to you as an act of worship. We tell you we love you and we worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.